Welcome to the Midco Sports Network Podcast. Here's your host, David Brown. It is episode 10 of the Cougar Chronicle with Chris Johnson. Can you believe that we've been doing this for 10 weeks? You're put up with me for 10 weeks. Oh, that's, that's amazing. You're being yeah. far too, I mean, far too harsh on yourself. It does seem like, I mean, 10, 10 times we've sat down after after games and kind of hashed it out. And uh, we must be having fun because it doesn't seem like 10 times. <laughs> exactly. Me, that's for sure. Started in November. We're in mid-January right now. You guys continue to roll. Last Friday, 71-64 over Minnesota State. Follow that up last Saturday, 74-59 over Concordia St. Paul. 9-1 against NSIC opponents in conference play. Six wins in a row. Good vibes right now? Well, yeah, that's probably why it's so much fun to do these Well, yeah, it's it's easier to talk to you after wins than losses. For sure. And, yeah, I mean, it is good vibes. Like, because our our guys are winning – like, we're not winning games by making 15 threes. Matter of fact, we made six the whole weekend. We only shot 20. You know, we're not – Analytics people must hate you. Oh, we don't make any sense. Like, I, I had a couple people yesterday morning at uh, church say, you know, I was looking at your stats, and I said, don't do that. They don't make any sense. And they just kind of chuckled, you know. But it, we're not doing it with these heroic, you know, 35-point nights out of guys. We're not – like, we're just consistently showing up and playing to our identity. And so um, that makes it fun because our identity is every all hands on deck. Um, and they're earning wins, and so that that uh, makes it a little easier to go to practice on Monday when they roll around. We'll we'll get into identity in a second, just because it's been a, a theme all season. But we'll start specifically with the Minnesota State game on Friday. That was a good battle, pretty close throughout. I was looking at the box score; no one led by more than ten points at any point in the game. It was single digits the entire game. Key sequence is the last five minutes. They take a sixty-one fifty-nine lead with about five twenty to go. You guys end the game on a 12-3 run. All three of their points came on free throws in the final minute. So you held them without a field goal for the final 5-20. And like I said, all three of those free throws came with under a minute remaining. So it was basically a scoreless stretch of four minutes plus. This is just becoming a theme every week with you guys. But considering the time and the circumstance, that had to be the biggest defensive stretch of the entire season. It it was. uh, I mean, we were playing from behind most of the second half. Uh, I think we got down eight and just we had to battle our way back. Um, I, I think that our physicality over time can wear on you a little bit, and so I thought that they were a little quick with some of their shots. Um, we got them, you know, we got lucky too. We we made a couple mistakes down the stretch, and they didn't make shots that like they had most of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, we needed every second of that. They're a really talented basketball team. Like I, you know, I'd prefer we don't have to see them again this year. Um, they're so big. They're so athletic. Um, you know, that, that was one of the better wins we've had all year, for sure. And you mentioned it. We talked a little bit off camera before we started recording. They just have a big, big lineup, one through five. Yeah, I mean, they're starting a guy who's bigger than Chase Grindy at the two, a guy who's bigger than Chase Grindy at the three, and the Cameron Kirksey is as good as anyone in this league. Kelby Kramer's the biggest player in this league. And then Corvon Seals is a six four point guard. So we don't match up with them very well anywhere um, individually. I thought we did a great job of team defense and – Holding our own on the glass, uh, maybe not having the success we've had against some teams, but holding our own, which is what we needed to do against them. Four guys in double figures, Devin Green, Troy Houghton, Austin Slater, each had 10 points. Jack Thompson led you guys again with 21. The names might be different every game, but you're just getting a balanced attack, it seems like, every time out, and, and Thompson isn't playing like a freshman anymore. No, he's not. Um, he, he, I think he had seven or so at halftime. 
I think he had 11 with four or five minutes to go, and then he took over for us. Now, he didn't do that. He made one huge jump shot to take a two-point lead with about three minutes left with about one second left on the shot clock. Uh, Great move, crossed over a guy, got to a 15-footer and knocked it down, and then they fouled him. And he made all eight free throws and, and got himself to 21. Uh, Devin Green was a big part of that. Didn't score in the first half um, and then got really – no, that that was the second game, I'm sorry. But had 10 when you're getting double digits from your backup big man um, and you're already getting double digits basically from your two starting bigs, uh, that's a huge thing. Uh, to, uh, but, you know, I thought Troy was good in that game. Chase was good in that game. You know, Milan has made shots for us early in games. It's gotten us off to good starts. I thought it was a real good team effort, like you said. Yeah, I mentioned the guys in double figures. Tessie Powell right behind with eight. Grindy and Serlich had six. So it's balanced just throughout. And then another key, 17 of 20 from the line. They were 11 of 18. So you have a six-point edge at the line in a seven-point game. But I think regardless, you'll take 85% at the line anytime you can. Well, with the team that's shooting 69%, we certainly for will. Sure. That's not been a strength of ours. Uh, what has been a strength of ours is getting to the foul line. We've shot about 100 more free throws than our opponents, and we need those extra ones because we don't shoot as good a percentage as our opponents. But when we get there 20 times and make 17 of them, you're going to have a chance for success. And uh, it was, you know, obviously Jack was a big part of that, but everybody else stepped to the line and knocked him down as well. So a big physical game against Minnesota State that results in a seven-point win. Next night, Concordia-St. Paul. Golden Bears actually had some momentum coming in this one. They were on a three-game winning streak. They had come off their first road win of the season at Southwest Minnesota State. This is a 15-point victory for you guys after being tied at halftime. There's another stretch where you guys just dominate. It's tied at 32 with about 15 minutes left in the second half. Five-minute stretch, you outscore them 16-2. to two. What worked in that time frame defensively? Um, you know, I, I thought Troy Houghton bothered Jordan Coblin, who is as good a point guard as there is in our league. Um, I thought we sped him up a little bit. We turned him over. And then we got out in transition. And then there was a, a stretch where Devin Green gets three straight offensive rebound putbacks. And that gives us a lot of energy because that's kind of who we are, right? And our team feeds off of that. And that was part of that 16-2 to two run. Um, then I thought we relaxed. And they got back in it, and then we took it back up, and then we relaxed, and they got back in it, you know. And and but we we just kind of found a way to gut one out because I thought we looked like a tired basketball team at times in the second half of that game. You mentioned Jordan Coblin; he was their leading scorer. He was a top ten in the conference score, holding the just six points, his second lowest point total of the season. You mentioned Troy Houghton as the guy who gets the most credit for the defense. I, I think so. You know, Jack started on him, but Jack only played five or six minutes in the first half with fouls because Coblin can put you into some bad spots. I thought. Troy probably had his best game defensively you know he's just he's so long he's so athletic he blocked a couple shots um you know he just made it hard on him and uh, uh Milan and Jack are, and Trayvon are going to try really hard to guard they're, they're you know they're great with that but they just don't have the size that Troy has and I thought Troy bothered him that night Chase Grindy at 16, Jack Thompson 12, Austin Slater, Tessie Powell with 11, Devin Green 10 so you got five guys in double figures in this game and we mentioned a little bit earlier about identity, and you know, I hate to harp on it, but last year it was a Drew Gebert and Trayvon Evans. Mm-hmm. Like that was your identity. When you needed a basket, you went to them. And then you've joked with me throughout the season. I don't know who's going to score, but it seems like any one of them can score. Without a doubt, uh, I think our one of our biggest strengths is our team really trusts each other. So they'll throw it to the open guy with four seconds left on the shot clock because that happens a lot to us. Um, and they'll trust that that guy is going to either knock the shot down or make the right decision. And I think that gives everyone confidence. 
Uh, I think we have a lot of confidence playing late in shot clocks because it happens 50 possessions a game for us. And I get a lot of people that ask, like, are you trying to control tempo? No, it just takes us a while to get to an open shot because we don't have dynamic individual ball-in-hand playmaker guys. We have a really good team. You know, like when – if you look at it, I bet you you can – I bet you we don't have a guy in the top 30 or 40 in scoring in the league. I mean, our leading score is 11.2, uh, but we have a lot of guys around that, so you really don't know who to key on in a given night. You only played Jack 23 minutes in this one after he got pretty much 38-39 the previous handful. Obviously, there was foul trouble, but in a way that it kind of worked, did he kind of need a game where he yeah. didn't play 38-39 minutes? I told our staff right when we walked off the floor, now that we've won, that was probably the best thing that could have happened to us because I was worried about wearing, wearing a freshman out when you're playing him those kinds of minutes. Um, you know, and uh, I, I think it, you know, he, maybe it was load management uh, on his own Kawhi part. Leonard by, style. Yeah, by him uh, picking up a couple fouls in the first half. But uh, um, we were in foul trouble the whole night, both nights. You know, we had Tessie, Chase, Jack, all those guys were in foul trouble both nights. And so I, I thought it showed our depth and uh, our, our interchangeable parts uh, throughout the weekend. So now you get ready for the longest road trip of the season. The trek in the middle of winter to Bismarck and Minot, North Dakota. I'm sure you've been looking forward to this the entire week. You marry Friday, Minot State Saturday. Let's take the opponents out of this. How do you and your staff get your team mentally and physically ready for a long bus ride to and from? Yeah, you know, the, the bus ride to Mary isn't too bad. That one coming home from Minot is a bear. That's going to be eight hours. And that, yeah, and that's Saturday night, and you're getting on the bus at 8, 8.30. So you're getting home at 4.35 in the morning. Um, now, I can't complain. Coach Merkin has to go through that darn near every weekend. That's true. And so I, I'm not certainly going to complain when we have to do it once or twice a year. Um, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy the bus rides. You know, I can watch film. I can relax. My house can be a little hectic with four little ones, you know, all that. The guys mainly just sleep, so I don't know how hard it really is on them. We travel in pretty nice uh, buses and all that, so it's not it's not too bad. But re- two really tough places to win basketball games. And so, I mean, Mary, uh, that place tends to be loud. It echoes in there in the McDowell. They're a tough team to beat in there. Uh, Minot in the Dome, I mean, we've, we've had – some success up there but you know that's a tough road trip for anybody i mean look at st cloud last weekend they split on that road trip you mary is a team that just ended a three-game losing streak with a win against st cloud state as you kind of mentioned so what do you know about the marauders i don't know how much you've looked at them yet but yeah. what do you know about you mary well one i think uh you know they got one of the best big guys in the league uh, Kreklo is really good and he was really good on saturday night against st cloud um he's Kind of had his way with us, too. And we have pretty good defensive big men. Um, and then you got Jalen White, who goes to the foul line a ton and kind of runs their team. you got plenty of guys that can make shots, which is exactly what they did on Saturday. Um, they, that was an 85-80 game. I've seen them really control tempo and slow it down, so I could see them doing that with us, which we're going to do anyways uh, to right. some degree, <laughs> or try to at least. Um and so I, I, we're going to have to play very well to win a game uh, on Friday night for sure. And then Saturday is Minot State with just a, a, a weird season so far. They're the only team without a conference win. They start the season 6-0. and Now they've lost 10 straight, so they're 6-10. and How do you approach the Beavers? Well, one, if you look at it, uh, I mean, I know Duluth got them pretty good this weekend, but going into it, I mean, it feels like every time I look up their score, they're losing by 3, 6, 7, 4. I mean, they're good. But when you have Baish 
who can score in his 24 a night or whatever, and you have Max Cody, who is a really good point guard senior. I mean, you they're good. Um, I, I don't want him to get going against us, but I, I look at him from afar, and I, I can't believe that their record is what they're what it is based on the parts that they have and how good a coach Matt is. So they're going to get it going at some point. We just hope it's a weekend after we're up there, that's for sure. I think the joke was you want to make sure they get Southwest so they don't go into that game 0-11. <laughs> right, I mean, that would be great, you know, in some ways. And then you can look at it the other way and say, well, then you give them confidence, you know, like you can't really worry about it. I, You know what we keep telling our team is it doesn't really matter who we play. It's going to be a close game based on our style of play. And so we can't take anybody lightly no matter what. I mean, we have to show up and play well to win because of how we win. Halfway through the conference season, or you'll be halfway through uh, after Friday, 9-1, and one, and I know a lot of people have mentioned this, you got a three-game lead in the South Division, people already looking at the standings, you still got 12 conference games yeah. left, but it, it, it's at least a, a nice position to be in right now. Right, I mean, I'd, I'd rather be three up than three down. Sure. Um, but with 12 games left, I mean, that's it's not like we have two weekends left and you have a lead like that where, you know, you just have to win a couple games or something. But the, the reality of it is, is, is we're playing really good basketball. We're on a, a winning streak. We are playing very confidently, and you want to keep that going for as long as you can because um, it's really – I tell our team this throughout the year, every year I've ever been a coach. Momentum in college basketball is really hard to build. So when you have it – you have got to fight to keep it because it can go away in a hurry and then you got to start over to build it back up. And so when you have momentum, you have to take advantage of it. And you guys have it right now with a six-game winning streak. I'll end on this. Earlier this season, we talked about what kind of guy you are and we're on road trips, a movie guy, TV guy, a nap guy. So what have you got lined up for these bus rides? <laughs> Sadly, like – there's a couple documentaries coming out on Netflix that aren't about maybe the best. Are you talking uh, about the Aaron Hernandez yeah, doc? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm for sure going to watch that on Thursday on the way to Mary. Um, and I'll probably get a good chunk of it done, depending on how much film I get done before I get up there. Um, but, yeah, that, that's probably what I'll do. Um, anytime the Wild are on, I, I, I tape it on my YouTube TV. And, and so I'll watch that, you know, or catch up on some of those. They're not playing great right now, but – um, but yeah, and then I'll, I'm sure I'll take some naps because you get to this time of the season and it's a, it's a grind and you have to find a way to, to keep your team engaged and having fun and all of that. But you also have to keep your mind from, you know, allowing the entire season and, you know, what's ahead of you and all that. Like you just got to focus on one game at a time and uh, get your mind off it when you get a chance to. I'm looking forward to the Aaron Hernandez thing, too. I think people are intrigued by true crime things and true crime documentaries. You don't have to apologize for that. No, no. It's just, <laughs> just one of the those... subject matter is not the greatest, but yeah. Right. And I, I mean, I watch all of those, the the staircase and the making a murder and all the all. I mean, I, I, I love that stuff. Uh, anything that uh, I've probably Netflix for me has probably been a documentary based thing more than movies or shows. For sure. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on there. So. You'll have a lot to watch because you got a six and a half hour ride up to Bismarck for Mary on Friday, and then you got to go up to Minot, and then on the way back from Minot is going to be eight hours. So you will have plenty of time. Yep, I can catch up on a lot of things, that's for sure. Marauders Friday, Beavers Saturday. We will talk again next week. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this Midco SN podcast. To listen to any of our past episodes, visit midcosn.com slash podcast.